What's cracking, big dogs? Welcome back to the HQ. Welcome back to the channel. I am Nicholas. This is Big Dogs Guy Eat BDG Eat Fantasy Football. And we are talking waiver wires today. Let me light up some Palo Santo wood. Get the vibes going in this bitch. So uh, week nine is in the books. We're in week 10. It's time to start looking forward to the fantasy playoffs. In the trade targets video that me and Noah at FB God on Twitter are going to put out tomorrow, we're going to talk a lot about playoff schedules, the good, the bad, the fugly, uh, maybe some guys that you should be targeting earlier on. I hope you all had a good weekend. I hope your fantasy matchups went as good as mine. Um, We are still undefeated in the Dynasty League. We are rolling in most of my leagues, but we're talking waiver wire peoples today. We're talking my top pickups for week 10 at each position. We're not going to go too, 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 too in depth on each guy, but you can get my entire breakdown on Patreon, patreon.com slash B-D-G-E. Good morning, everybody just joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Hope you all had a good weekend. Other, just a side note, um, I got the new AirPods Pro, and they are fucking phenomenal. They basically took out all the shitty parts about all the AirPods prior to them, like the noise canceling and the fact that they didn't like fit in your ear. So they got the silicone tips now, and the other ones just didn't fit in my ear at all. So those are a huge upgrade. Now they have noise canceling, which literally sucks all the volume out of everywhere. Uh, It's crazy, 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 crazy. So if you're looking for new Bluetooth headphones, these AirPod Pros are legit. But if you're looking for a quarterback to stream in week 10, you do not have a ton of good options. Uh, We'll start off with the quarterbacks, but I'm not going to go too deep in depth because there are not a lot of uh, there are really you're going to be hurting this week because there there are six teams on by the Broncos, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Redskins, the Jaguars, the Texans. That is a lot of firepower. Now, I. I. I smacked around my matchup in the E-Town get down. However, this week, because of the bye weeks, I have Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, and Terry McLaurin all on bye. So I'm probably about to get smacked around myself this week. I'm going to have to pick up a QB streamer, which is very hard to do in Superflex League. I'm going to have to fucking start Mitch Trubisky, which is – I don't really want to talk about it. But Derek Carr is available in about 55% of leagues. I think we need to start off by saying that John Gruden has done a – hell of a job with these Oakland Raiders, man. I think he is a far better coach than we're giving him credit for. Uh, Obviously, he made a a lot of horrible, 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 horrible moves GM-wise in the offseason, but he's a good play caller, and he has these guys rolling. I think it's time we start showing some damn respect to John Gruden because the fact that the Raiders are 500 right now heading into Week 10 with the personnel and the roster that they have, the lack of offensive playmakers, and – Actually, you know what? Their offense is not not bad between Waller and Jacobs and Tyrell Williams. But I mean, realistically, there are a ton of better offenses. But their defense is terrible, like in terms of personnel. And the fact they're four and four is incredible. But you look at Derek Carr, three straight matchups he's thrown for at least two hundred and eighty five yards and multiple touchdowns. Three straight games, one interception over that span. They take on the Chargers in Week Ten, who are. Uh, they're not a they're not necessarily a quarterback friendly matchup, and we saw them play really well against Aaron Rodgers, but they've been beaten through the air in 2019 uh, by mostly any quarterback that is like competent outside of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Stafford had a big game against them. Deshaun Watson had a big game against them. Even Ryan Tannehill threw for over 300 yards against them. So uh, Carr is definitely on the streaming radar in one of the most buy heavy weeks. 
Uh, Ryan Tannehill is also on the streaming radar. I mean, he's been playing fine as a fantasy quarterback. Right now, he has as many 20-point fantasy games in 2019 as Gardner Minshew and Jimmy G, and he has more 20-point fantasy games than both Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. So he's got a little bit of upside. Obviously, his floor is a little bit lower because any week could be the fucking 175-yard, one-touchdown, three-interception game for Tannehill. But they get a home game versus the Chiefs in Week 10. I, If I had to put money on it, now I'm only technically a doctor. If I had to put money on it, I would say Patrick Mahomes is back for their Week 10 matchup, which means shootout potential is absolutely in the range of outcomes, which means they're going to have to pivot away from the run a little bit and keep – having Tannehill throw the ball through the air. He's gone over 300 yards in two of the last three games and three games that he started. Um, so I don't hate this matchup for Tannehill. I think he is absolutely on the streaming option list. And the other reason I would pick up Tannehill is if you look at their playoff matchups, weeks 14 through 16, Oakland, Houston, New Orleans. It is hard to find a juicier playoff matchup for a streaming quarterback than that. But obviously, you'll probably have a better option than Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. But if not, I, I think you could do a lot worse. Oh, and then, yes, like I said, I will be streaming Mitch Trubisky in the E-Town Get Down. It's a super flex league. There are, like, no one else available. It's between, like, Brandon Allen, Kyle Allen, uh, all the fucking Allens, and, and, like, Mitch Trubisky. He's playing against Detroit, which is obviously not a, a tough matchup against passers. I'm just banking on him, like, running the ball into the end zone. And you know what? Go pick up Mr. Trubisky. If we go down, we go down together. I know he's getting benched at halftime. The skill positions are a very interesting, 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 interesting part of the waiver wire this week. Uh, wide receivers and running backs, man. If you are hurting at either position, this is not the worst week to blow your fab on it. Uh, we have a few really good options at wide receiver. So – I will reiterate, everyone listed on these lists, listed on these lists is owned in fewer than 60% of Yahoo leagues. That is the basis of all the waiver wire articles that I do. If you want the entire breakdown in depth, big facts only article, you can only get that on Patreon, patreon.com slash B-D-G-E. You'll also get my weekly rankings, waiver wire, private live stream on Saturday, and some other nonsense. Let's talk wide receivers. So Josh Gordon's actually owned in 59% of leagues, which makes him available for this list. I will say I will let somebody else blow their fab on Josh Gordon. One, he has not even been good this year. He's been mediocre at best. This is not 2013. I don't know how many years in a row that we have to make this excuse for Josh Gordon. Two, what I mean, what I think is going to happen is it's he's going to go over to Seattle, who is not a pass-heavy offense. Sometimes they are because they are put in game situations where they need to be. It's nice to be tethered Russell Wilson, but him and DK Metcalf are just going to eat into each other's game logs, and their stat lines are going to suffer, both of them, because of this. They're like the same player. They're deep threats. They're big targets. We see uh, Hollister getting involved as a tight end in the end zone now, so we don't even really know where the touchdowns are going to go. Uh, I will let someone else blow their fab on Josh Gordon. Jameson Crowder is obviously a decent PPR play. I don't want to go too in-depth with him, but staying within that division, Devontae Parker probably becomes the number one waiver wire pickup this week, at least at the wide receiver position, arguably with the guy I'll talk about next. We have Ryan Fitzpatrick playing, I don't want to say well, because it's been one game where he actually showed like good efficiency, but he is able to produce touchdown drives, right? Whereas Josh Rosen was not able to do that. If, if, if Josh Rosen was starting, I would not feel confident telling you that the Dolphins are going to score more than 11 points in that game. With Fitzpatrick, I think they usually will find the end zone at least twice, and those have gone towards Devontae Parker. He scored a touchdown in four of their last five games. 
So he's been good, right? He has an 18% target share on the year. He has a 21% or 29% air yard share. The big news, obviously, is that his teammate, who was much better than him, Preston Williams, is gone for the year with a knee injury. Now, Preston Williams was a leading target guy on the Dolphins. 21% of the targets this year have gone to Preston Williams. 30% of the air yards have gone to Preston Williams. Now, a lot of that will probably go towards Devontae Parker. That's not the most efficient way to run your offense, forcing targets to Devontae Parker, but it provides a really, really nice floor for a guy who's already has a, like a well-established floor. He's been very, very good over the last three or four weeks for a fantasy asset. I think he's a pretty good bet to you know score you double-digit half PPR fantasy points week in and week out. He'll go like five for 12 in terms of catching his targets. He won't be efficient, but he'll get the yards. And like I said, he scored a touchdown in four of the last five weeks. They have Mark Walton suspended, so I highly, highly, highly doubt they're going to get anything going on the ground with Kalen Balaj as their workhorse now. Um, so Devontae Parker is someone that you could absolutely throw into your flex play and your flex spot to play this week during this very, very, very buy-heavy week. Again, if you're just joining us, welcome, 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 welcome. Bye to the headquarters. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button if you enjoy the video. We are live right now, so... Um, if you're literally in the chat, welcome. Um, if you're joining us afterwards, again, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Fantasy football, six days a week. Um, what else? Did we have anything else for Parker? Oh, so talking about good playoff matchups. They take on Indy this week, which is not an easy matchup versus the pass necessarily, but it's, you know, the mediocre or whatever. And then they do play Buffalo at home in the next week, which is a not which is not a uh, not a suggested spot to start Devontae Parker. Don't start Devontae Parker next week. But, but, but if you look at week 12 through the rest of the fantasy playoffs, Miami takes on Cleveland, Philadelphia, the Jets, the Giants, Cincinnati. You could start Devontae Parker in every one of those weeks. So over the next Six weeks, you could start him, or next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You could start him in six of the next seven weeks and feel pretty confident about him. So, Monday Parker, probably my number one waiver wire ad at wide receiver. I would probably throw 10 to 15% of my fab on him if you have any left. I've already blown all my fab in most of my leagues, so I don't really have the option of these guys. The other wide receiver that I really, 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 really like is Zach Pascal of the Indianapolis Colts. He is only 12%. Owned. Now, for those of y'all that don't know who Zach Pascal is, he is an undrafted free agent out of Old Dominion. Um, the reason he's probably an undrafted free agent is because he came from Old Dominion. But this dude is a baller, 6'2", 220, 220 pounds. So he's got that like alpha outside build. Uh, he runs a 4.55 40-yard dash, which puts him in the 80th percentile for weight-adjusted speed score. Um, you know, he was a big producer at the college level, as he should have been, considering he went to Old Dominion. Uh, but right now, if you're looking at all the wide receivers in fantasy uh, of wide receivers that have played at least five games, so I wanted to get like a decent sample size that wasn't too fluky. Pascal is fantasy's wide receiver 28 in points per game, averaging over 11 half PPR fantasy points per game. Now, things get a little tricky with Pascal's rest of season outlook because of injuries. We have T.Y. Hilton dealing with this calf strain who's going to be out a minimum two more games, possibly three games. So that's obviously a boost for Pascal. He becomes a wide receiver one. He's going to get fed targets, as we've seen in most of the last couple of weeks. But we also have Brissett dealing with this MCL sprain. Now, it's not a very serious injury. He's considered week to week. He has not been ruled out for this game. I think what's going to happen, again, 
I'm only technically a doctor, so you cannot quote my advice on this. I think Brissett will throw a knee brace on, and I think he toughs through the MCL sprain. And I think he's good to go, and I think he will play. I do not think we see Brian Hoyer out there on the field in week 10. Um, and they're in a smash spot versus the Dolphins without Xavier Howard. So Zach Pascal could be a very, 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 very good flex fill-in for this week. He's a guy who brings athleticism. He's a guy who's proven it now in two of the last three weeks. Um, he's become a full-time player. Even with T.Y. Hilton on the field, he was running 90% of the snaps two weeks ago. And now he's a full-time player, obviously, for sure, with T.Y. Hilton out. So I like this matchup. Obviously, it'll it'll depend on Brissett. Um, he will be limited in mobility if he does have that knee brace on. So that is a part of Brissett's game that um, will damper the rest of the offensive players on the Colts. So I will give it a little bit of downgrade, even though he will likely be on the field. If I had to guess, if Brian Hoyer is on the field, uh, I have almost no confidence in starting any offensive players on the Colts. Now, that doesn't mean I won't start them, but I won't have any confidence in them. Like, I don't know. I, I probably will not be rolling out Zach Pascal if Ryan Hoyer is on the field. Uh, I don't hate either of the tight ends, Jack Doyle or uh, Eric Ebron, though I like Doyle more. He's seeing a lot of targets in the games where Hilton has missed, and he's showing a little bit of chemistry with Brian Hoyer. But if Brissett is there, then Zach Pascal is arguably you know, tied with Devontae Parker for the number one waiver wire pickup. I would take Parker over Zach Pascal, but I think Pascal is a good bye week fill-in right now uh, to play against the Dolphins this week. Josh Reynolds is also another pretty good pickup that I talked about last week. Coming off the bye, he's still largely unknown. He's only owned in 1% of leagues. Brandon Cook, seeing a concussion specialist, I really, 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 really highly doubt that he is playing this week. Um, so Reynolds fills in as that third wide receiver for the Rams. And he always, you know, he, he produces when he's in there. So I, I don't hate it, although this Rams team obviously does not show the upside that they have in recent years in the passing game. So Reynolds is interesting for the bye week. Let's move over to running backs. Now, Kareem Hunt is 59% owned. Let's talk about him because he's like the polarizing name on this list. Kareem Hunt, much like Josh Gordon, is someone I will let someone else in my league blow their fab bid on. They could blow their load on Kareem Hunt. Here's what anyone that tells you they know what's going to happen in this running back, they know how the touch splits are going to go, they know how the snaps are going to go, is full of shit. Nobody knows. I don't know. Here are two things that we do know. We know two big facts, and it's that this Cleveland offense sucks, and Nick Chubb is very, 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 very good. Those are the two big facts that we know. Both of those work against Kareem Hunt. Cleveland offense sucks, which means Kareem Hunt will not have scoring opportunities. He will not be the goal back. Nick Chubb will be the goal back. And Nick Chubb has been very, 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 very good. So if you've been very good, why would you hand the ball off to another running back? Just keep feeding Chubb. Their offense works well when they feed Chubb. So we only have a little bit of information at hand in terms of what Kareem Hunt's role is going to be. Yes, they came out and said that he's going to have a role. What I think is a lot of the pass catching role. I think from this point forward, he'll probably see, you know, three, four, five targets a game, maybe with three to five carries a game as well. Um, I don't see Kareem Hunt eating into Nick Chubb's workload in terms of what Nick Chubb does well, right? Those in between the tackles carries, the goal line carries. And with Chubb, like even if, you know, it, it sucks as a Chubb owner if he starts eating into the pass catching work. But Chubb's a guy who we've seen time in, time out this year, last year. If you give him 18 to 20 carries, there's a good chance that he breaks off one of those for 40, 50, a 60 yard touchdown run or something. So I don't really think it hurts his ceiling um, anywhere near a lot of people probably expect it to. So with Kareem Hunt, I'll let someone else grab him. Uh, I'm not necessarily excited about it. Uh, plus, they play Pittsburgh twice over the next month as well as Buffalo. 
They do get one nice game against Miami, but three of the four games are tough rushing matchups. Talked about Darius Geis. I think he's an interesting pickup as well because he'll be able to come back in week 11, although Adrian Peterson had a very good game. Uh, it's a little iffy, but you know I think they want to see what they have in Darius Geis before they hit the summer. And in four of their next six matchups, they play the Jets, Detroit, Carolina, New York, Giants, and the Fantasy Championship. All matchups in which if Darius Geis is given the full workload, he can kind of go off and, and, uh, and go nuts and help you in your fantasy playoffs. I think he was a ridiculously good talent coming into the league. Obviously, he's been plagued by tons of injuries, unfortunately. But um, I kind of like Geis as a stash. I think he's finally getting healthy from the knee injury. And we'll see him you know, work his way into a pretty voluminous role in this offense. That's horrible and wants to run the ball a lot. But neither here nor there. Ronald Jones is the other guy. Um, actually, there's two more guys that are probably very relevant on the waiver wire this week. It's Ronald Jones, 40% owned. Like, am I confident that Ronald Jones is going to really give you RB2 value? No, I'm not confident whatsoever because he's been on every single waiver wire list on every single week so far this year because it looks like he's going to be the guy. And then the next two weeks, he's not the guy. And then he becomes the guy again. And then he's not the guy. And then he becomes a guy. But he did play on 53% of the Bucks snaps this previous week, which is the first time he's played on over 50% of the snaps. I went back and I tweeted this out yesterday. If you're not following me on Twitter, at Nick underscore BDGE, Ronald Jones played on 50% of the snaps. That is just the third time this year that a Bucks running back has played on over 50% of the snaps in a game. Dare has done it once. Ronald Jones has now done it once. And Peyton Barber has done it once. So do I think that Ronald Jones is going to be the guy going forward? Yes. What does that mean? I don't fucking know. I mean, he had 20 touches on Sunday. So that's obviously very, very good to see. But do I trust he's going to have anything more than 13 or 14 touches? No, I don't trust that that's going to happen. But that's not a bad flex feeling. Um, I think that they have a great matchup in week five and uh, week 10. They play the Cardinals. They are five point favorites, which obviously favors the run a little bit. The Cardinals run defense is middle of the pack at best. So uh, Jones is probably the top running back pickup for the week. Cause he's someone that can continue to increase his role in the offense, right? Bruce Arians came out and said yesterday that he has earned the right to start. He's been far more explosive than Peyton Barber. He's looked better over the second, uh, you know, he's going to look better over the second half of the year. He's starting to look better over the recent weeks and he's getting more and more touches in this offense. Um, but this is just an offense that doesn't really have a lot of success on the ground either way. I also want to see what happens when they hit the goal line, because if Rojo is just going to be the guy that gets all the in between the carries in between the 20 carries, not that valuable, but he has scored a couple times. So maybe he does take over that role and become the three down workhorse um, in two minute, four minute drills. Is Dari still the pass catcher there? I don't know. We saw them set up a couple screenplays, a couple passes for Rojo. So it does seem like he's definitely trending in the right direction. He'd probably be my number one waiver wire pickup this week, but I'm not going to go crazy on him unless you're very, very, very desperate at running back. And if you are very desperate at running back, then Caleb Balazs is a guy you need to be looking at 10% owned because Mark Walton is facing a four-game suspension from three off-season arrests. I didn't even know you can get arrested three times in one fucking off-season. Like, what, what could possibly be going on in your life that you get arrested three separate times? That makes no sense. I actually, like, almost did that shit my first summer back from college. Uh, we're not going to go into that. But Kalen Balaj will probably become the workhorse, right? We saw Mark Walton develop into, like, the featured back over the last couple of weeks with Kenyon Drake in Arizona, he played on like 85% of the snaps and then 75% of the snaps over the last two weeks. He has seen about 75% of all of the running back opportunities during that span. I actually like Balaj right now 
more than I liked Walton over the last two weeks because one, Walton's now out of the equation, but two, Keelan Balazs was the guy getting the goal line carries. So now he's probably going to get the early down work. Balazs, as ridiculous as he's looked so far in the passing game, I know he's had a lot of fucking bloopers and not top 10 type plays. He is actually very, very, very good in the pass catching game. Uh, that was like his specialty in college. He has very soft hands. So although we've seen some shitty plays out of him so far this year in the passing game, he is a much better pass catcher than we're giving him credit for. So he's going to get that early down work, get the goal line work, probably get the pass catching work, which gives him a nice floor, right? I mean, Balazs is a horrible, horrible, horrible runner. Um, he is, that's all I can say. He's a really, really, really bad running back. But if you're going to give this guy 16 to 18 touches and all all of the valuable type work, which again, you know, I've said this all offseason, which is why I said not to draft any of the Miami running backs, Kalen Balaj, Kenyon Drake, any of them. They're still the Miami Dolphins running backs. They're still in an offense averaging 12.9 points per game, and they just don't produce on the ground behind a shitty offensive line. So not going to go crazy on Balaj. The guys behind him. So there's this guy, Patrick Laird, Lard. I don't know how to fucking say his last name. Undrafted free agent, weighs just over 200 pounds, runs a 4-6, 40-yard dash. He's been active only for special teams, has not logged a touch this year. I'm not worried about him whatsoever. Miles Gaskin out of Washington, seventh round rookie pick, is more intriguing to me, far more intriguing than Laird. Uh, he, he brings a much more versatile skill set, pass catching, uh, can run a little bit bigger, I'm not excited about him, but I do think the Dolphins, you know, they've clearly shown that they, they don't think Balazs is the future of this backfield just over the, the entire season so far. They never want to give him the workload, and he's been phased out of the game pretty much. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if over the second half of Walton's suspension, they start using Miles Gaskins a little more and seeing what they have there. But I think Balazs is the guy for now. And again, you just got to get through these bye weeks, and then you'll have all your starters back. They play at Indy in week 10, which is not an easy matchup. Again, probably middle of the packish. Then they play Buffalo at Cleveland, Philadelphia. So those are pretty tough matchups over the next four games. I would throw Balazs into my flex spot in week 10, not really with confidence, but I will do it because he will be the workhorse in Miami for at least a week, maybe two weeks. Let's talk tight ends. Gerald Everett is 58% owned. I have no fucking idea why he's on anyone's waiver wire. In my eyes, he's a set it and forget it tight end one for the remainder of the season. Yes, he has a floor. What waiver wire tight end doesn't have a floor? Most of them don't have any sort of ceiling. Most of the guys that you're streaming, you're hoping that they go fucking four for 40 and a touchdown. With Gerald Everett, yes, he has that floor of like two for 20, but he also has a ceiling of like six for 100 and a touchdown. So you're not going to find a better streamer than Gerald Everett, who somehow is unowned in more than 45% of leagues, which is ridiculous. Brandon Cooks, again, probably going to miss games, which means more work for Everett. So go get Everett if he's available on your waiver wire. And yes, you could blow 10, 15, 20% on him because I think he's a tight end that you could use for the remainder of the season. Jonu Smith, I think as easy as it was to predict his breakout two weeks ago, him against Luke Keekley in Carolina this week was an easy predictor of him being a dud. But I think he's going to bounce back again. They get Casey. This has the potential to be a shootout. Now, Casey has been very good against outside wide receivers. It is hard for fantasy wide receivers to produce against Kansas City. I've been saying this for weeks, and people just keep saying, like, oh, it's Kansas City. You could throw on them. But they're very good against outside wide receivers. However, they let up points to the running backs, and they let up points to the tight ends via um, in fantasy, at least. So I, I like Jonah Smith to bounce back uh, as a streamer as well. He's 43% owned. I'm sure he was dropped in a lot of leagues. A couple other guys that are on 
the list. Uh, Jared Cook, if he comes back, plays Atlanta. Drew Brees is back, coming off the bye. Hopefully he's healthy. I think he is worthy of a pickup. Uh, he had back-to-back touchdown games before he got hurt. Noah Fant's interesting as well, um, though I don't want to de- depend on Brandon Allen. He obviously had that 75-yard touchdown run, but you can't depend on that week in and week out. Since Emmanuel Sanders has left to San Francisco, he's been much more involved in the offense, of course. So I think his floor is, is intact uh, in terms of like volume, but there's a very good chance that like next week he goes you know, four for 30 and you're just like, fuck. Noah Fant is who we thought he was as a rookie, at least. Jacob Hollister is also very interesting. We saw his snap count jump from like 35% all the way up to 80% this weekend. He scored two touchdowns. Maybe he maybe he takes over that Will Disley role. He's more athletic than um, Will Disley is. So maybe we see him get targeted in the end zone just like Disley was. But there is Metcalf there. There is now Josh Gordon there. We have Jacob Hollister here. So it's really hard to predict where the end zone throws are going to go. And Jacob Hollister is obviously going to have a very, 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 very low floor as a streamer. But I think you could probably do a little bit worse. OJ Howard is also interesting if you want to have fucking anxiety all day on Sunday. But they play against um, – who the fuck they play this week? They play Arizona, who at this point you obviously know is the most friendly matchup to fantasy tight ends. Cameron Brait is dealing with some, some, some sort of fucking rib injury. He, like, barely played last week. He was the third-string tight end. So not that you should be worried about Cameron Brait at this point because we've been saying he's been horrible. He's always been horrible, though, J. Howard out for the last two seasons. So you don't have to worry about Cameron Brait. They said he's ready to roll. O.J. Howard is coming off the hamstring injury, missed multiple weeks. Um, I think you could do worse. That's all I have to say. I really I, – there's nothing you could really say positively about O.J. Howard this week. So – we're just gonna we're just gonna throw OJ Howard out there. Defensive streams, yo. Baltimore is a transformed defense. Baltimore, they were horrible to start the year, but they're getting healthy. Earl Thomas is back. Jimmy Smith is back. Um, I had a few other notes on them, but I can't remember what it was. But their defense has has really, really, really stepped up and looked much better. They're only forty six percent owned, and they get to play against Cincinnati and Ryan Finley, ten point favorites. Fire up Baltimore if you can get them. Uh, the Colts playing at home against Miami is 10.5-point favorites are a fantastic streamer. I also really like Green Bay in Lambeau. This is going to be very, 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 very football weather. So we'll see how Kyle Allen reacts to you know playing in the cold, playing in the tundra. Uh, Green Bay, 5.5-point favorites at home, 33% owned. Those are my favorite streamers for this week. And that is pretty much most of my uh, – the waiver wire pickups I have. If you want all of them, if you want the in-depth breakdown of the waiver wire sheet, you can only find that on patreon.com slash B-D-G-E. Let's look at some questions we got here. Did you already talk about Ronald Jones? I did. So any of you guys that are asking, yeah, Ronald Jones, Josh Gordon, um, all those guys I talked about earlier. So you can go and replay this bad boy. I go position by position. So if you hear me talking about like a quarterback, obviously they're not in that section. You could skip to the wide receivers or the running backs and make sure that, uh, make sure that if you enjoyed the video, you hit that thumbs up button. You subscribe to the channel. If you are new, I already talked about tight end, Noah Fant, uh, McKissick, ah, no, I'm good. I, he's not someone I want to throw into my lineup. His floor is just way too low for me. If you have to have J.D. McKissick in your lineup, you ain't a playoff team, bro. 
What else? What else? What else? What else? All right. I believe that's all I have for this episode. Oh, shit. Something happened to Lev Bell? Le'Veon Bell. I don't know what the depth of Le'Veon Bell's injury is, but Josh Adams is moving off the active roster, moving off the practice squad to the active roster. So... As a bell owner, that should scare the shite out of you. It would scare me. So that's to note. I don't know what the injury is going to be like. Uh, but we will talk all injuries on Thursday's video when I have Dr. Morris Bike on the channel. As always, tomorrow's video is the trade targets, which is probably our last one because uh, default Yahoo League's trade deadline is this Saturday, November 9th. So make sure you get them trades in. Make sure you get them trades and start throwing out offers. Start throwing out fucking low balls. Get everybody pissed off in your league. Trade targets tomorrow. Injury report Thursday. Fade the public Friday. Patreon live stream on Saturday. Patreon.com slash BDGE. And then fucking football on Sunday. Week 10, baby. I love y'all. Good luck this week. Good luck on the waiver wire. Hit that thumbs up button if you enjoyed the video, please. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.